Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, I am Sherman Augustus. I play Nathaniel Moon on Into the Badlands. And uh, our season opener is April 22nd. And you're listening to me on Kung Fu Dry and Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight is actor, ex-NFL player, and martial artist Sherman Augustus, who is about to light things up on Season 3 and Into the Badlands. Sherman, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast tonight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I really do. Now it's great to have you. You've got a lot of fans. I know uh, there is a Facebook group that uh, has uh, started to stir things yeah. up a little bit because uh, they're anticipating Into the Badlands, but we're going to get into that. But um, before yeah. we do, I need to give you some stats. Right. So less than 2% of NCAA football players go on to make the pros. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And exactly. there are about 70,000 acting jobs out there that any actor can be fighting for at any given time. And yet you have managed to make it to the NFL and get one of the cooler acting roles out there. So where did this penchant for defying the odds start for you? And how did your martial arts and your acting and your uh, NFL skills all come together for you? Ooh, that's a hard way now, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've always been a person that wanted to and, and always defied the odds. You don't tell me something can't be done. And, um, you know, I'm like Han Solo. Remember when uh, Chewie said something <laughs> about, you know, the whole thing, don't ever tell me the odds. And he, he right. didn't get it anyway, right? And he made it <laughs> through the thing. Uh, that's basically where I get that from. Uh, of course, a strong family background, but... Towards my junior year of college at Northwestern, you start hearing about, you know, because scouts start coming to see you even in your freshman year. And you start hearing about how many jobs are available when you come out of college, you know, and that includes basically a free agent shot. You know, way, way back in the day, I don't want to date myself, but way back in the day, (laughs) uh, you know, athletes used to get a chance to walk on even in college, Mm -hmm. you know, and those days are gone. Uh, with these combines and all these things. I mean, now what you're trying to do is get into a combine. And, and, and you sometimes athletes have to pay their way in. If you have an agent that believes in you, if you're not drafted or whatever the case may be, or you're going to get a free agent shot, they pick up the slack for you. You pay them back in your contract when you make a team, basically. And making a team consist of uh, anything. It can be uh, actually playing or backing somebody up or uh, what we used to call the good luck squad, right? Which is which is the, which is the practice squad. Sure. We used to, we used to, we used to say the good luck squad because you know you they run the formation on the field that you're going to be maybe seeing because everybody in the NFL changes their plays up uh, before every Sunday, before every Thursday, before every Monday night, that kind of thing. So what they would do is if if you're fortunate enough to make the squad but be on the practice squad or the good look squad you know they pitch you a ball or whatever and you know we come get you but uh yeah the odds the odds are are pretty great you just have to put yourself in a mindset that you are going to do this you're you are going to make it and you know you have a whole year or, or a couple of months to get yourself ready you can you know in training and you know, you start breaking stuff down and you learn how to how to break yourself down in order to get the correct 40 time and, you know, working on, on, on your skills, your backpedaling skills. I was a defensive back. So, uh, you know, we would meet with uh, certain athletes would come to L.A. during the summer and we would go out and do 707. We would do one on one drills, that kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's pretty hardcore. And you got guys coming from all over. Uh, the country playing for different teams and, you know, college guys will come in and stuff like that. So that keeps you kind of honest and keeps you on top of your game because you may face these guys uh, in uh, a real situation, but also you see who your competition is. And if you don't get drafted, which I didn't get drafted, uh, I got free agent shots and, you know, you see who's out there, you see who's good, you know, and um, you just have to, uh, you know, measure up and try to be that much better and be in a position to always stand out. Uh, I, I used to always, and I say this to, uh, to folks, um, even with acting, you practice how you want to play and you envision and you envision what you want to do. 
So, uh, you know, you envision the game and you envision the, you know, what I do when I'm on set and you, you envision, envision maybe how that director is going to shoot this scene and where you're going to be and how you're going to place yourself, that kind of thing. And, you know, just get yourself in a mindset to uh, be able to achieve that goal. Now, I like to be free about it because in a game, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, you want to be in the right position. You want to be in the right position to, to uh, be in a uh, uh, to be at the interception point or to make sure if you see this play coming, you're going to be able to hit the, the guard or the tackle who's pulling and get maybe bouncing the play or stuff the play or whatever it has to do. It, you, have, you have to do. And it's the same thing with uh, being an actor, mm-hmm. uh, just organically being in the moment. And that's all it is. You know, acting is reacting. So is uh, playing sports. It's just, yeah. you know, how prepared you are to um, react to that certain situation. So that's the thing, you know. And as far as being an actor is concerned, I was kind of lucky. I went to high school and college with Jim Bridges Jr. Their mm-hmm. dad was uh, an, our agent, which is Todd Bridges's older right. brother. Right. So and then I grew up with a couple of guys uh, in my neighborhood uh, who were uh, kid actors. And I had a cousin who was an actor back in the 60s. And then, you know, later on uh, throughout my career as a football player, you know, I would see Jim Brown. I would see Fred Williamson. I would see Bernie Casey, uh, who recently passed. Uh, I would see those guys, you know, who played professional football, who was able to um, who basically transitioned into uh, a uh, another profession and damn good at it. Right. Uh, so I always looked at that. I mean, even Dick Buckets, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even Terry Bradshaw did it for, for a moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I'm like, okay, so it's possible, but the one main ingredient is to know and to learn your craft. Sure. Uh, at Northwestern, I didn't get a chance to do that because I was playing football and then running track and it was just impossible, uh, for me, uh, as a student athlete to go into the drama department. So I said, listen, you know, that's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen at some point. Just be ready. And when you make the transition, uh, go wholeheartedly into it and learn your craft. And, um, that's what happened. You know, I threw myself into improv theater for five years, uh, and, you know, studied with some of the best acting coaches in LA and, you know, just just drove at it and did not take no for an answer. Just did um, not. Just yeah. did not. You know, I just I didn't hear that. You know, every no meant, OK, yes. You know, OK, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll show you, sucker. You know, it was that whole thing. <laughs> and, and that's what it is. You know, you put yourself in a position like, OK, it's me against the system. All right. Well, OK, bring it. Bring it. Nice. nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, and who got me into how I got into martial arts was I did a couple of things where I basically got an honorary black belt in Taekwondo or Kutsu or something from working on a film and all that kind of stuff. And then in 1996, I did a film called Space Marines with uh, Billy Worth, Eddie Albert Jr., uh, Meg Foster. And our fight and fight and stunt coordinator was none other than Danny Tan, Lewis's Tan's dad. (laughs) How crazy is that? (laughs) And so we had like two days of rehearsing this big fight scene that I had. And um, when we finished shooting that particular segment, Eddie Albert Jr. was coming down the stairs and he said, uh, you got a nice kick, brother. You, you're good. You can move. And Danny walked over and he said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you really need to train. You really need to do it. You're going to be good at this. Wow. And it's quite uh, surreal because two weeks ago, you know, I'm hanging out with, with Lewis and his dad calls. I'm like, hey. And he was like, hey, this guy. Oh, sure. You know, it's really cool. And he told me, because I haven't spoken with him in years, uh, but I remember running into him once after I got my black belt, my first degree, and I told him, look, I got it. And he goes, keep going. That, it's harder now than it was when you, <laughs> when you first started. And he's, he's, he was completely right. Because to call yourself a martial artist, you should be working on your forms every day. You should be running sure. these things through your head. And when you don't do that, it just becomes, you kind of, you don't lose anything, but uh, because you always remember your training. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, you you know, you need to practice these things all the time to keep them fresh in your mind. And it just, you know, it keeps everything there because uh, the whole purpose of martial arts is, you know, to, to put your mind and body in uh, in sync sure. and, you know, and not to, you know, go out. I can do karate now. I can do this and, you know, look for something on the streets. You don't do that. You, you, the goal is 
you know, to have it and not need it and mm-hmm. need it and not have it kind of thing. Right, right. And uh, to digress back, uh, when we had the conversation two weeks ago, he said there's two individuals I had that conversation with. I had that conversation with a lot of individuals, but there's two individuals who heeded my word, which is you and Michael Jai White. So I'm like, cool. Well, there it is. You know, Michael and I are friends nice. and that just puts me in good company. And I'm like, cool, man. Thank you very much. Then, you know, all this positive synergy is for a reason, you know. So I, uh, you know, I I, I get kind of giddy and goofy sometimes when I think about it. Like, dude, I mean, how crazy is that, you know, to, (laughs) you know, to have this this man uh, who is an icon in in the uh, the world of cinema and 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 martial arts to tell me that. And then, you know, years later down the road, I'm working with his very talented and humble and gracious son. It's crazy. It's that's crazy. great. That's it's a great crazy. Story. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I got a ton of them, but yeah, that's a crazy little. That's a crazy little story right there. It's, that's amazing. So you yeah. didn't. You didn't start your martial arts as a kid, like like no, other martial no. artists. No, I, I tried to back in the day. I went to uh, Jim Kelly had a uh, studio on Crenshaw Boulevard yeah. in L.A., and I went one morning and took a Saturday morning class. And they were working on one-step sparring. And this, I think he was a yellow belt or something like that. No, yeah, he was a yellow belt. Uh, you know, was working with me. And he uh, did a throw. And he didn't, and he wasn't able to throw me correctly. And we went down. And I hit my head. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'd rather hit my head with a helmet on, right? If I'm going to bump heads, I'm going to yeah. bump heads with a helmet on for a while. And then I'll revisit this a little later on when I'm ready. You know, yeah. thanks, Mr. Kelly. You know, but <laughs> and, and, which is another you know gentleman that you know uh, I used to watch, and you know I would go by that studio all the time. You know, I would walk by with my football helmet, my gear, you know, stand in the window and look and everything. And you know, come on in. I'm like, ah, I would raise up my shoulder, pass my helmet, football. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but soon, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's quite interesting, quite quite interesting. No, that's great that you started at all um, because yeah. uh, I, I'm 46 and I just started my martial arts journey. Good, and, uh, good, good. You know, good. But uh, what what uh, kind of martial arts did you primarily study? I primarily studied uh, Taekwondo and Kutsu. And Kutsu is based off Kutsu Wong. Kutsu is Korean Kung Fu. Mm, okay. uh, but we didn't do any weapons training at all. Uh, we did, uh, you know, a lot of uh, praying mantis style. The forms are really beautiful. So by the time you get your black belt, you know exactly about 20 forms. That's wow. when you get your black belt. And then you have to keep going on and keep going on. And, keep, and, the, and the forms just get more beautiful and beautiful and beautiful. Right. So uh, what we do uh, when I'm at home every Sunday is I meet with a couple of uh, a couple of black belts that are, are really, really good that study with me. And then Karen Reed. Karen's 62 now, I think. And Karen's no joke. And and she <laughs> and she is tough, and she runs. I mean, we meet at nine o'clock in the morning on Sundays, and we go for three and a half hours. And she's no joke. And uh, they're yes. like, when you get mm-hmm. back, you know, you know where you are. I'm like, uh, I think I'm going to take a vacation for a minute, fellas. <laughs> and uh, you guys can go ahead and keep getting your asses kicked by Karen right now. Uh, but keep posting those pictures. I love them. <laughs> so you you don't continue to train every day, or do you? I yeah, I do something every day. We have to do something every day. Uh, yeah. We have a, a gentleman here named Matt Lucas, who yeah. basically was brought in by Daniel Daniel Wu, and Matt is the most knowledgeable, humble, but dangerous individual I have ever <laughs> met in my life. He is insane, but. Matt will tell you every day, he, he would say, I'm in the business of serving. And, mm. you know, the things that I know, because Matt has been going since he's, I don't know, since six, seven, eight, something like that. Because his dad used to train Navy SEALs and, and Special Forces guys. So he was around it all the time. And Matt is like, he knows everything about everything, and especially about the body. And all of our bodies changed so much. We only had three weeks of fight camp this time. Last year, I heard they had six weeks. And let me see. Yeah, the first year, they had six weeks. So I heard a rumor. <laughs> I heard a rumor that Daniel wants to do another six weeks next season. 
uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I got a movie and I'll be showing up real late. I'll be showing up the last two weeks, guys. No, I, I, I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world because if, you know, Matt will be back and, uh, Matt and Ruta, uh, our fight and, uh, fight coordinator, uh, they're really good guys and they're, they're, they're knowledgeable about so many things and it just, it just helps. It helps you throughout your day when you're on fight unit. Because, you know, we do two units here. We have a drama unit and a fight unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, two full gigantic crews that crews that kind of like threw me off for the first time when I saw that, you know, because I'm just used to showing up and, you know, one entity does everything. And mm-hmm. it's not like that. I mean, so, you know, you have two serious, two really serious groups of great individuals, crew members and camera operators and fight coordinators and all these people uh, who take everything serious, but it's fun. And, right. um, you know, Master Didi was here for the first eight episodes along with, uh, Stephen Fong and, uh, Didi had to go off to do a film. So, uh, uh, his second in command moved up bow and, uh, cause it's, it's his turn and Andy, Andy Chang is, is just, Andy's just a genius. So, uh, you know, we were left in really good hands. And, you know, the longer you're at it, the quicker your days go. You know, some days go by really quick. Some days go by really slow because of camera setups. And, you know, there might be five, six, seven, eight different camera setups. And, you know, one scene may take, you know, multiple camera angles. So and crane shots and drone shots right. and, you know, all these things. So, you know, you, you know, that's where fight camp and, and doing something. I do something every day. I get up early in the morning before work and I get on this floor. I stretch. Uh, I do some kind of some kind of cardio that I can do just to get my heart rate up and uh, do a lot of things here and then go get in the car and go to work and I'm good for the rest of the day, you know. And then once you're there, you're still, you know, you're swinging stuff and swinging your sword. It's, it's cardio. You're getting good cardio in. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, were you a, a fan of martial arts uh, films and stuff growing up? Absolutely. And, and <laughs> those things, uh, you know, all, all the classic Kung Fu films out of, out of China. And, uh, you know, then the American version of these things that came along, uh, especially after uh, Bruce Lee did Enter the Dragon. Sure. So, yes, I was into those things. Now, uh, I, I didn't believe that, you know, we can do all this flying and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> I think I read something that you said, something about that in text or something about flying around and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, human beings are capable of doing some pretty remarkable stuff. You know, right. and especially now, if, if you know, if you're training in plyometrics, you can build your muscles to a certain uh, a degree to where you can do, you know, uh, your, your vertical can be, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy now. I mean, it's really crazy. And then you have an individual who's uh, exceptional athlete that can do kicks and spins. And I mean, these guys are uh, especially the guys that we have, you know, Andy Long and uh, Brian Lee. Uh, I think I heard Daniel say say that they were self taught, and um, mm. they're so good that Jackie Chan went and knocked on their door. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, and so, I know that story. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, whoa! And they're some <laughs> of the most talented individuals that you know you can ever just sit there and watch. I mean, it's amazing. You go, wow, wow, yeah. wow. Okay, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. One day when I grow up, I'll be able to do that. You know. Uh, but you, but you have, you are doing. That. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You know, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But they, you know, they, they have youth on their side now you know they have youth and so uh (laughs) had i spent my time doing that rather than running up and down on this football field you know then it might (laughs) it might be a different story but uh i wouldn't change it for anything in the world yeah of course but now with with that background behind you have you thought about going into an action hero kind of role uh you know what it's quite funny because i do consider myself an actor because i wanted to learn my craft and i've done nothing but really good stuff uh, and work with some of the best people and biggest producers, biggest directors, you know, which I am so fortunate. I thank God about that all the time. You know, I've done a lot of fight stuff, but not to the level of what we do on this show. Uh, so when the show aired its first season with those six episodes, my mom called me and said, hey, have you seen Engine Badlands? I'm like, no, I haven't. So, you know, saw the show. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, I'm going to do that show. And... <laughs> Oddly enough, because I got the skills. So oddly nice. enough, I'm you know I was coming off something, uh, two tele- three television shows that basically uh, were had great people behind them, great networks, but you know 
I think was a little bit over the head of uh, the audience, you know, because I love forward thinking stuff. I love stuff that we as actors get a chance to really have moments every time we're there. You know, I'm working with Mark Strong and Lenny James and, you know, so forth and so on and all these guys who are just great actors to me, you know, Ed Harris, you know, when I, when I yeah. did Westworld and all that stuff. So I, I came off, I came off Westworld. I think I did Westworld and Colony. And I was like, you know what? And I was auditioning every day, every day, every day, almost for, for about three weeks after I finished those projects. And I got a call from my agent and said, hey, look, you want to put yourself on tape for Into the Badlands? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, of course. Yeah, why not? And so I got the material, and it was all of the meaty, beefy, gigantic, dialogue stuff that I love. So that's cool. There was one scene where, uh, you know, when I'm taking the sword, the, uh, the moon sword, and I'm, you know, blowing the candles out with the sword. Never done that before. Never done anything with a sword, but there it is. I did it, right? Nice. So uh, my best friend and business partner, Tim Cogshell, who's a director, we basically shot that scene. We, we shot that. He edited it. We sent it off. And um, I didn't hear anything for four weeks. And, and then uh, the, two or three days after I sent the tape into my agent and my manager, I was back at it, just auditioning on different shows, different movies, da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I got real frustrated because I didn't hear anything, which I knew they were going to give someone an offer. And, uh, but I just knew my, my tape was strong enough for me to get the job. So I went by my agent's office and after an audition, and I was just getting ready to ask her. And I said, you know what? Just go home, dude. So went home, called my boy up. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to come out. We can play some music, you know, chill, whatever the case may be. And uh, I, I love telling this story. So I drive out to this house <laughs> in Pasadena and we're up all night and we're playing music and, and mixing and doing all this stuff and, you know, and drinking Jameson. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. So I go home and I'm uh, in bed. The phone rings at about 530, maybe 515 in the morning. Good morning. Son. I'm calling for Into the Balance. I want to get you on the plane at 430 this afternoon. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, excuse me. What? You know, and it was it was that moment like, you know, I'm going to hang the phone up, right? And I'm like, excuse me? And my head wow. is pounding, right? And, and I, I can, I can, you know, I'm like, you know, oh, man, what what, what did I do to myself? I'm like, say that again and do it slow. Okay, I'm calling from Into the Badlands. I'm going to get you on the plane to come out. To, we're going to get you out here at 430 and get you on the, uh, you know, for you can come. <laughs> yeah, can you catch a plane at LAX at 430? I said, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't know. It's five in the morning. And I have a uh, passport issue because I had four weeks and I'm like, OK, they'll let me know. Then, you know, we can expedite, you know, because I had to get I had all my paperwork ready to go for my passport and stuff because it was time. So basically what they had to do is uh, send a letter or, or email to uh, uh, the federal building in L.A. and Westwood. And so I just showed up with my passport and passport photo and and went through the rigmarole, got everything done. And then the next day at 430, that Friday afternoon, I was on a plane. I was in Dublin, Ireland, around 4.35 o'clock that afternoon, I was over meeting with everyone in makeup and hair and wardrobe, got all that out the way, met with Miles, our uh, showrunner, and then uh, went to bed. Now, on the way over, uh, I didn't read the script. So when I read the script on the plane, I was like, oh, wow, they just tossed me a softball as an actor. And I said, if I can't, if I can't knock this out of the, out of the park, then... Um, you know, something's wrong with me. And uh, it was just so, and the reason why I say that is it was just so well written and the character was so developed that, you know, if I had any problems, I should just go ahead and, you know, get a job at FedEx, which there's nothing wrong with working at FedEx, actually. So, um, you know, it was all there on the page. And, you know, you see this and you recognize that. And so you go, okay, cool. I get to do some work. I get to do some really, really good work. Uh, fight stuff notwithstanding, but I get to really do some acting work and uh, along with the fighting. And had that Sunday off and Monday morning, I was on that bridge shooting with uh, my two my two brothers, yeah. you know, with, yeah. with Nick and, and Daniel. And it, the rest is history. 
you know? It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, th- when you got that role, mm-hmm. did you know that it was going to be more than just this one season? Because you, yeah. you were only in the one episode. Yeah, yeah. they wanted to introduce that character, Nathaniel Moe, in uh, the first season, but they didn't have enough episodes. So they had eight episodes, second season. So the idea was, which is cool, because it's kind of like the Walking Dead format where they bring somebody in and then you don't see them for a while and then they bring them yeah. back stronger. So I think that's kind of like the, uh, you know, AMC kind of likes that thing, which is cool. Uh, and it gives the fans of the show, you know, a taste of, okay, did you guys like him? You know, do we, you know, should we bring him back kind of thing? But on the breakdown, he was scheduled for seven episodes. So, okay. and, you know, according to the rules uh, by my, by SAG, you know, if you do seven episodes, you're a regular. So uh, I just knew I had to do something else uh, to stand out because the show has legs. And I like to tell actors, when you join a show like that, they slow down, they stop at the station for you, you get on, and then they, hey, come on back here to the dining car. You know, you go back to the dining <laughs> car, and they go, hey, well, you know what? It's your turn to carve the turkey. Why don't you carve it? So you better be able to carve the turkey right, you know? Sure. So, um, you know, it, it, it took off very well. I knew that he was coming back, especially after the whole thing with the hand getting cut off and everything. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I'm going to get the uh, Darth Vader you know, control my right hand kind of thing. You know, I could do all this. <laughs> no, they Jamie Lannistered my ass. So yeah. <laughs> so two weeks before reporting to fight camp, I get a email and I'm downstairs and I'm just, you know, I'm just working with my sword. I'm doing all this stuff. And uh, I get an email from Daniel. Oh, yeah, by the way, I, ho- I hope you're practicing with your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dun, 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 you know, and then, you know, Alfred Hitchcock pulled back pan, you know, and it's the Dutch boy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. So there, here comes a, this whole stress level of just doing that. And I was working with some folks. And so, you know, there it is. I started, I had to start getting fluid with that. Some days it was good. Some days it was horrible. But, you know, by the time I got to fight camp, I was okay. By the time we got to the first fight scene, I was good, but you know, I'm still progressing because, you know, I'm pretty ambidextrous shooting and throwing. It's just Mm -hmm. pivoting and turning and those kind of things and doing certain things with your, with your left. And, you know, you want it to look good. And I want it, I always want it to look good as well as I'm doing it with my right. So, but it's, it's, it's good. It's good. You know, it's good. That, so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. If you put a sword in my left hand, I'm. Uh, you might as well call me Stumpy for the rest of. My oh life. no! You. You know what? You can do it. I mean, you just got to get that side of your brain to work. You know. Okay. Sure. You, you just work it this way. Work it that way. You know, and you find out your strengths. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. But uh, yeah, that kind of threw me off. I'm like, okay, uh, and I hope you're practicing <laughs> with your left hand only. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Okay. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, I am. I text him back. Oh yeah, sure, man. Absolutely. So you did get to bring some of your martial arts training into the role and really kind of put it to use. Yeah, I did. Uh, but, you know, uh, they're, they're very strict on doing what they want to do. So sure, you, sure. You, so you have to empty yourself. And, um, you know, as a martial artist, you just, you know, you have to adapt. And uh, every now and then I'll get, to, I'll get a chance to do a kick or something that I'm familiar with. But mm-hmm. a lot of the movement is uh, uh, wushu. Which is cool. Oh, okay, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. Which is cool because it's it's similar to, it's similar to kutsu, you know, a lot of the circle of motions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, you know, taekwondo can be a little rigid, but quick, you know, and it's all about mm-hmm. the kicks. Uh, but you know, for what we do, you have to use the entire body, you know. Right. So yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's it's um, it's very educational, you know. And, <laughs> and again, it takes you back to learning about yourself and yeah. overcoming your own obstacles and uh, challenges. Sure. All right. So let's get into that character then. Yeah. Nathaniel Moon. Yeah. Tell me, tell me this guy's story so far, because it was an amazing introduction. Right. Fantastic way to, to bring that character into the fold and, and throw him right into that mix against Daniel. And, and then, of course, to get your hand cut off. Right. Uh, amazing stuff. So who is this guy? What, what's his story? Well, okay. So they built on top of everything this season. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. So when we first meet him, he is basically every now and then we'll go out and collect some bounties, right? And this is how he hears about uh, Nick and uh, Daniel uh, escaping the mine. 
And um, so he was cool with that. And so he's there at the bridge ahead of time before they get there. And then they have the whole thing on the, on the bridge. So again, he says in dialogue when they're at the funeral home, I like to consider us brothers out here when they say, oh yeah, we heard about this uh, famous clipper, uh, Nathaniel Moon, they used to call him Silver Moon, you know, that kind of thing. And he goes, yeah, I heard that name before. Well, the way I looked at it and the way I broke it down and what I put in, in the backstory was he, after he lost his wife and child, you know, he kind of lost himself and he felt like a disgraced Ronin, right? So bringing in bounties every now and then made him feel a little better because he still blamed himself. Now, again, you know, 999 tattoos uh, and, you know, looking for that thousandth tattoo, it never happened. But, you know, he says to Sonny, when I saw you fight, you know, you know, maybe you have that tattoo or maybe, maybe you just might be good enough to kill me where, you know, I'm kind of tired of, you know, beating myself up and being disgraced, disgracing myself because I was not there for my family. You know, regardless of what he was doing, he felt that he was not there and he could have saved his family. So all the stuff that he was talking to Sonny about, you know, don't go back. You know, the best thing you can do is don't go back because this, that, and the other, and you can get them killed, which came to fruition because he was right. So, but he was still, I think... What, I, what was going through my mind when I was saying that, I'm still talking to myself. I'm still talking to myself. I'm, I'm talking to him, but I'm still convincing myself that this whole thing happened to my family. So listen, heed my warning. Don't go back. Stay away if you want your family to live, if you care for them. And so uh, we all know what happened. So what we find out now, which I don't think I'm giving much away, is that in his younger days, Nathaniel Moon was a clipper and he became a regent. And, you know, he's really, 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 really good in battle. And, you know, so, so um, he basically decides to see if he can give what's left of society another go. And what I didn't want to do, um, and I had a meeting with our showrunners, I didn't want to come back revengeful and mad and walk around yeah sunny where you made me i can't drink milk now you know you don't have a right hand whatever i um i didn't want to come back very vengeful what i thought about was if moon runs into sunny and baji then there will be a reckoning you know but i'm not going to go looking for him eventually i will come across them somewhere somehow and uh but until then he needs to get better with his left hand and he needs to also create something because he only has one hand now, but he had to create something for his right. So, and I don't want to give too much away there, but uh, there are challengers who come along who think they can take Nathaniel out, but Nathaniel's really good with his left. He's really good. So, <laughs> uh, and then he decides to go ahead and give, uh, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away by becoming the widow's regent and uh, mm -hmm. joining her fight against uh, child. And right. it gives him a chance to regain his self-respect and his honor by getting back out on the battlefield in that capacity. You know, not going around, you know, basically clipping people again, but actually going on right. the field of battle and doing what's with some purpose, with some purpose with, and, you know, doing something that's honorable. So, right, right. That is his uh, motivation. And then we uh, we stumble across, we come across a lot of uh, great stuff. And then there's a, hmm, which is really going to trip the audience out. <laughs> no spoilers. There's, there, I won't, I won't. But there is uh, something from his past that, you know, gives him a little, a little hope. And it's nice. going to flip everybody out. It really Very is. Cool. It really is. Very cool. <laughs> So I I can tell, but tell me how much you enjoyed bringing this character to life. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's it's something that is very well rounded for me because I have to go back uh, when I got the job. I was just thinking, you know, the week before I got the job, man, I'm probably never going to be able to do my martial arts in the film, man. I mean, what's up? <laughs> you know, maybe run around with some guns and stuff. I can do that all day long, but you know, to actually do combat, oh, wow! And then a week later, boom, it happened. You know. 
So uh, it just goes to show you shouldn't, uh, um, you know, uh, count yourself out. And uh, the individual that they gave an offer to, uh, which tripped me out when Daniel leaned over and he said, yeah, you know who we gave an offer to? And I'm like, no. He said, Wesley Snipes. Wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, I know Wesley. Uh, you know, we did a film together and uh, uh, we did a David Goya film together right before we did David's first film that he directed before they went off to go do uh, Blade 2. And we worked all the way up until the day that they left to get on a plane to go to Prague to shoot that. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. And Luke Goss was in that film with me and they gave Luke Goss uh, the bad guy, you know, that was running around in the thing. You know, uh, uh, David gave him gave him that shot right on the right on the set. He goes, look, man, you want to play the bad guy in Blade? He was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> so uh, which is interesting. But, yeah, uh, they offered it to Wesley. So uh, Wesley was uh, was busy. And uh, wow. he held him off for four weeks. And then, you know, hey, sure. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I will fly the plane to get there, buddy. I'm there. <laughs> I am there. So I haven't, I haven't seen Wesley uh, uh, for a couple of years. But, I'll, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll have a laugh about it. That's funny. That's we'll have awesome. a laugh. Yeah, yeah, really. Right? That, right? That's great. I, I mean, I'm sure Wesley would have done a great job. But you Absolutely. have done an amazing job with the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody's going to make... Everybody would have made this character their own, you know, and I tried sure. to make it my own. And especially when I yeah. found that out, I'm like, oh, cool. All right, great. So I really gonna have to pull the performance out, you know, and uh, it just worked out. I mean, you know, I, I was able to step into uh, uh, Nathaniel Moon and, and give a lot of myself, you know, because, you know, the things that Nathaniel's going through, I was able to tap into because I, I use a lot of personal stuff. And, uh, you know, I use a lot of stuff as an actor. I use a lot of stuff as, you know, you know, you know, when you're not working and where you are mentally, physically, spiritually. And I was able to use all that. And it just comes across. And mm. um, I'm so happy I got a character that's complex that I can let that shine through. And that's the whole beauty about being an actor yeah. is when yeah. you find the truth about something and you can bring that to light. And, um, you know, it never gets old. It's never stale and it helps you stay in the moment because you can just say to yourself i remember that i remember that i remember that and this is how i felt and you know what this is how i'm going to deliver this line this is how i'm going to be in this scene and that's what you do that's cool that's cool yeah, yeah uh, that actually addresses a question that uh one of the members of the facebook group asked he uh cool guy jay james one of the ad yeah. uh, administrators said uh hello sherman thanks for taking the time to answer our questions minds the following are there any characteristics Anything really, such as personality mannerisms of Moon, that is actually based off of your actual self from everyday life? A lot. Everything. A lot. A lot. Everything. Everything. A lot. So, you know, whatever I'm... You know, I do the same thing when I uh, I walk into rooms for auditions or whatever. You know, whatever I'm feeling at the time is what I'm going to use. Of course, you know, you do your your due diligence and you uh, prepare your work. You, you go through these things. And you use those things. But then again, organically, what I try to do is just tap into what's raw for me, mm. you know, even no matter what it is. And I like to surprise myself. I really, really like to surprise. There is nothing more gratifying than to be going home at the end of, of work day. And, you know, you go, dude, that was really awesome. Why did you how did you do what, what, you know, you start running these things through your head. And uh, I did a film years years ago uh, called Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis, Cliff Curtis, mm -hmm. uh, William Baldwin, and that whole thing really tapped into me at that time. And that you know, I think it took us six months to shoot that film, but just tapping into what's personally you, it really worked. And that's when I knew I was on the right track because you know I would get these phone calls at the end of the day, or uh, someone would leave a note for me, and just and just talking about the performance the day before. And so I'm like, okay, so that's what you need to use. You just got to be true to yourself. Just be true to yourself, be true to yourself, be true to yourself. So being true to yourself means, you know, whatever's personal to you, you use that. I don't like to deal in fantasy, you know, you know, about something happened to this or that or whatever. I don't like to do that uh, because then it becomes hard to hold what you're trying to do. And, um, you know, the other day I had to uh, shed some tears and uh, I was able to just pull that up and hold it all day. And um, Emily had asked me the next day, you know, so what do you do? 
And I just said, I, I use this. Mm-hmm. This is what I use. You know, and I go back to my grandma or I go back to certain situations in my life. I go back to a game that we lost. I go, I'll go back to, <laughs> to, you know, I should have knocked that pass down, but I tipped it and he <laughs> caught it and they scored. You know, I will go there. I will yeah, go all the way there, yeah. you know. Whatever my, it takes. Whatever it takes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You should have knocked it down. It was like, <laughs> you, you should have took the money, Tombs, you know. I should have took the money. Yeah. It's That's those funny. things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, another question from the group, uh, yeah. Angela Stahoviak, uh, another of the administrators. Uh, she says, Sherman, I know you played professional American football in the NFL. I also know that some football players like Lynn Swan and Herschel Walker, uh, shout out to Sea Nation, have famously taken ballet. Saw that. Watching the fight scenes in Badlands. She saw it since the very first episode. like watching the best dancing ever because A, amazing choreography, and B, weapons and blood. So I wondered, have you ever studied dance? Does the cast study any kind of dancing during fight camp? And how do you feel about the fight choreography being compared to dancing? I think, okay, there, this, this is a big question. All right, so um, I want to say something about uh, Dean Chapman. Mm. Dean is a dancer. And I was talking to Dean one day. I was like in fight camp. I'm like, hey, man, did you ever do any fight stuff on, on Game of Thrones? Which I know because I, I know he didn't. I mean, I watched the show, but... Uh, you know, did you ever, did, you know, have you ever go work with any of the actors or, or, you know, fight coordinators? He goes, no. And Dean is amazing. Um, mm. Dean and Lewis, they have this, this fight scene that is amazing. Even Lewis was like, whoa, you, you never took a martial arts class? He goes, no, I just dance. Ah, nice. So, all right. Yeah, that's a trip. So, all right. Back in the day, uh, my, in, my, in high school, I had a shop teacher who was an actor uh, and a professional dancer. And, he, and Kenny's been on Broadway and all this stuff. Kenny played for the Washington Redskins. Mm. And he was a running back and got his knee hurt. But uh, he was always into the arts. Mm-hmm. So we started dancing and all that kind of stuff. And so he's just like, look, okay, you know, I have this other skill. I'm going to go teach kids in Los Angeles. So he was my shop teacher. And, you know, we would have these conversations. And he would say, listen, you know, you, you either have to do two things if you want to be a good athlete. Uh, run track, run the hurdles because of your balance. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or basically get into a dance class. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not putting on no tights, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the first concern, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no tutus. You know, yeah, no, yeah. Come on, man. You know, what do you got? How do you hold yourself in there? Ah, right? What are you telling me to do there, pal? So he goes, no, dude, I'm serious. So he goes, look, I got a couple of guys that are coming by who were, one was going to Villanova, another one was going to, where was he going? I think he was going to Cornell or something like that. He goes, I teach these guys every Saturday, right? And they're receivers. So I took the class and, you know, all right, cool. All right, this is cool. But, you know, hey, man, hey, you know, he showed up all professional with their professional stuff and like sweats and like, you know, Converse All-Star. I'm like, okay, let's try this. All right. Fast forward. Uh, right after graduation, before I went got to, went to Northwestern, and he goes, "Hey man, I'm going to this audition for King Kong, the King Kong with uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, um, Jessica can't Jessica Lang, yes, Jessica Lang, that King yep. Kong, right? Yeah. So Kenny was the witch doctor in that. Okay, but he mm. said, "Listen, you need to go. You need to go. Uh, come by and pick me up." I want you to go because you need to see this because anytime you make that transition from football into any of the arts, you're going to have to learn this. And there's going to be at least 300 people there. So you need to go. I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) This is so funny. So we go over to Fox studio. And every time I go to Fox, I think about this. I start cracking up. (laughs) We go to Fox. We go into the room. And there's all these professional dancers. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I, what am I, what, what have I gotten myself into? So they stick the number on you, right? And my group goes up. And I look at Kenny and I'm like, right? <laughs> right? And you can see what I'm saying, right? So, right, he, right, right. so he said, act like you're. <laughs> uh, for anybody that's not watching uh, Sherman, I will uh, try to spell that out for you in the podcast. <laughs> He said, it's I a went, four-letter word. I went, 
what? Right? <laughs> so I just stood in the floor, just, you know, they started to, do, ah, man. And I'm like thinking to myself, what the hell? <laughs> right? And folks are spinning and I'm like, okay, all right, okay, right? And for a brief moment, for a brief tiny moment, I lost myself because I was doing good. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then I came out of it like anybody would if you're, you know, if, if you're trying to perform. So guess what? I made it to the second round. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. flipping out. Like, okay, all these professional train act, uh, uh, dancers are leaving and I'm still here, right? It's not because I'm good looking and charming or what the, you know, what the hell? So uh, I didn't make it all the way through. Kenny ended up being the witch doctor in it, you know, and because just, just, you know, whatever. But uh, I haven't told that story in years, man. <laughs> I've had actually, a great story. I actually never told that story that I went to uh, the audition for King Kong as one of the people dancing, and <laughs> I was acting like I was. So, <laughs> so that's the secret, and uh, I'll explain that all on the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chairman Augustus's secret on how, how to dance and land a, a part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. So, but I, I do know that you know Lynn Swan and a couple of guys. You know, they really took that stuff serious. Yeah. Now, even going back to um, uh, Kenny Washington, who was a receiver for um, uh, the San Francisco 49ers when I was uh, junior high, high school. You know, he was just an, an exceptional athlete. And, um, you know, him and Lynn Swan. So they took it serious. It, it was it benefited them. Seriously, yeah. it, it really did. You know, and, you know, any professional sport with football, you know, you want to be as loose as possible. You want to uh, have, you know, your joints loose or whatever the case may be. And you want to be very flexible. But there's certain certain joints that you don't want flexible. And with dancing and martial arts, you want everything to be flexible. You always want to be flexible. So, you know, it took a while. It was it was very painful. It took a while for me uh, to get to uh uh, you know, they have flexibility I have right now. Uh, it's not, I don't, it doesn't take much to warm up and be loose, you know, and especially here in Ireland, it's very cold and damp. And, you know, when we're outside, sometimes it's just a matter of doing this and doing that, and then you're ready to go. Right yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. So, yes, dancing does help. So, but sure. uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do too much, but, you know, there it is. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's my story. <laughs> Can't believe All I right. told this story. Can't believe it, man. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. King That's Kong. a classic. Classic. Yeah, it, right. is, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. All right. So um, uh, more on that martial arts. Another question from the group. Again, yeah. cool, cool guy, Jay James. Uh, are there any martial arts that you haven't tried before that you'd like to learn if you were given a chance? Uh, yeah. I would love to do uh, some form of Shaolin Kung Fu. Mm, nice. You yeah. Know? yeah I, I would love to do that. But there's certain styles that are meant for shorter people and there are certain styles that are meant for taller people. And so, you know, for, because of the regions. So uh, definitely, I just got to find out what works for me. And I would love to just start from zero. I absolutely would. I would. I would. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, what, it I, what I'm learning now is it's I'm 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 just a white belt. I, I'm at as low as you can get on the totem pole, but I'm loving it. It's fun. So what particular uh, discipline? So uh, I'm studying a hybrid system. It's uh, got a base in Kenpo Karate, but it's got some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in it, some grappling. And uh, when I get to weapons, I'll be learning uh, a Filipino uh, escrima, which uh, I'm Filipino, so I wanted to get that awesome. part of the culture in there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's great. That's great. That's great cool. stuff. Good. Yeah, you're going to be good, man. You're That'll be, be fun. It'll you're be gonna fun. be very dangerous. <laughs> well, if if I don't kill myself, then yeah, sure, maybe. That's the key, isn't it? You know, you, you you're gonna hit yourself a couple of times with those extreme mistakes. Trust me. <laughs> yep. Trust me. All right, uh, and then one more question from the group. Nana Reyes uh, wanted to know what your take is on the monks. You think they're good or bad? MK said saw things that he didn't like, and uh, they both kind of escaped from being monks. So, what do you think is their story? Uh, you know, I meant to ask cheapo about that i think they i think that they think that they're doing good for mm -hmm. those who have the dark gift and it's a way for them to contain it and we're going to meet another group uh this season that you know, I, I, I wish i could tell you but i can't no, no, don't. <laughs> you know and then you're going to see how tamed uh the monks were compared to these next group of these other two groups that are coming in and you're going to go, wow. Uh, okay. So I think, they, I, think they, I think they thought that they were doing good. 
and especially in helping people uh, control their gift. You know, Chipo, who plays a master, has a really, really good uh, season this year. And uh, you guys are going to be amazed. Cool. Going to be amazed. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, right. everybody everybody comes in full circle. Sounds good. All right. And uh, the group in general wants to know about your new hand, your Jamie Lannister hand. Yeah. Is it is it just a, a, a metal hand or does it have, like, you know, hidden guns or anything like that oh, in there? Oh, it's, it's, it's tricked out. It's tricked ah, out. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah, they pimped it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's, it's pimped my ride all the way. Uh, <laughs> it, it has uh, darts that, uh, two spring-loaded darts. I can, wow. I can say this. It has two spring-loaded darts. And it has a short sword that comes out between, well, I can hold it. So it comes out of the hand. Nice. And then I have another dagger, which I use big time. It's mm. awesome. So the dagger comes, uh, it, it pops out between the middle finger, uh, yeah, right on the knuckles, right on the <laughs> knuckles. So yeah, I get to do some stuff with that and it's awesome. And you guys are going to love that. I mean, and I use it, Very I exciting. use it. So <laughs> yeah, the hand and the hand has gone through a, a lot of, uh, different forms, but, and it has the gauntlet too, uh, which I can do blocking and all that kind of stuff. So it's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm, I'm a little better. I, I got a, I got more stuff going on than Jamie. It's just a simple fact that I can't <laughs> articulate it. You know what I mean? Right, right. It rotates. It does a lot of things. But and it, and it reminds me as an actor, you know, that I have to use my right side a different way, which is cool. Yeah. I have to carry myself a different way because I have to carry that weight of cool. uh, of the of the hand. And uh, I think everybody's going to be amazed and love it. So it's just another feature that's just going to make uh, Nathaniel Moon. You know, interesting character. He's very interesting. Very interesting. Very but it's, it's going to be, um, you know, like I said, I wish I can tell you guys. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, the stuff that's in store for him, I mean, it's, it's really cool. And it gave me, uh, as an actor, it gave me a different outlook. So everything that I was thinking about for all those months coming in, it really helped for the backstory. And which, at the end of this season, basically... I get to go another direction again. So I get to make some more nice. turns. Yeah. Awesome. So they're keeping, it, they're keeping it very interesting. They really are. That's cool. Awesome. Very much looking forward to that. All right, let's do a quick lightning round so that uh, we can get you wrapped up. You ready? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What was your go-to football move? Ooh. Ooh, I was dirty, man. I was dirty. <laughs> I was dirty. It, it depends. It depends on if I was, and maybe, maybe karma's a, you know, they say karma's a bitch. But uh, if I had a big enough guard or tackle pulling towards me, of course I'm going to go to their knees. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, so, you know, yeah, I get That's my... That's illegal, I, Sherman. Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? <laughs> uh, if I was covering, uh, and I was a hitter. I love to hit. I yep. love to hit. I love to be in, in the mix of things. I mean, there's, there's nothing like, you know, um, I can't even tell you how many concussions I had, but... There's nothing like, you know, the impact of, of, of hitting another individual and, you know, everything just goes dark and you think, OK, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You hit the ground. You made the play. You hear, ooh, yeah. and you can't feel anything. And you go, oh, dude, is this how I'm going out? OK. <laughs> and then everything comes back to you. You go, oh, man, that was fun. What? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? And you if you can, you hustle to the huddle, you know. Yep. Um then uh, if I had to do one-on-one coverage with receivers, especially receivers because remember, you're playing a cushion of maybe 10 to 11 depending on the individual, maybe right. 12 yards off the ball. And, and depending if what you're doing, if they're stunning up front, if what you're doing in the defensive backfield, you know, if they're stunning and the linebackers are doing something, you recognize what they're doing uh, up front. And if you're playing, um, you know, who's got deep coverage, who's got um, short coverage and, you know, what side of the field that you're on. And uh, especially if you have to roll up and go one on one. Now, if mm -hmm. I had to roll up and go one on one where I'm playing you one yard off the ball and I'm, and I'm, just, I'm always I'm always I always wanted to split uh, the individual's center with if I was on the left side, my right foot or whatever the case may be. And I know I got inside help. So I kind of play it to where I'm going to give you the outside. And then once you make your move and sometimes they juke on, you know, juke on the ball, I'm forcing you. I'm forcing yep. you to the outside. Yep. And if you beat me, then basically uh, 
I have a, enough God-given speed to, you know, run with you. Mm-hmm. But what I used to do with my arm action, while I'm using my arm action, I would tap mm-hmm. their arm yep. to slow them down. So therefore, you know, and then once you look to the balls, every anybody's ball. So I would tap, right. tap, yeah. tap, tap. Even if I'm tapping their elbow, you know, I'm still distracting them. Yeah. And I can slow them down a little bit. So that was my little dirty pool. A lot of <laughs> a, a lot of guys, you know, actually tap and hold, tap and mm-hmm, hold. Mm-hmm. I slapped as hard as I can because, you know, I'm running with you. Sure, I'm running sure, with sure. you, you know, so that I would do that. Uh, so that was that. Those were some of my dirty tricks. Just um, not enough for the P.I. call. Yeah, just not enough. Just not yeah. enough. Just not enough. So, you know, uh, yeah. Got yeah. It, OK. OK. Uh, what's harder, memorizing a playbook or memorizing a script? Um, I think memorizing a playbook can be harder, but that made memorizing a script a lot easier. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, you know, because it's, it's words and, you know, um, it's just like, I look at it, I had an acting coach tell me, listen, you didn't write this, right? No, I didn't, unless I did write it. And so look at it, learn it, take everything out, learn it. As a monologue, Anthony Hopkins does that. You know, he takes periods and commas and everything. He just learns everything as a monologue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Michael Caine does that. And then, you know, try not to – I've never learned the other person's dialogue because I have to listen. But right. if I'm having a problem with something, then basically I listen for key words. So if your last line is – and you know they went that way. Mm-hmm. So I already know what I need to say. Okay, cool. Yep. I remember yep. that, you know, and I can react to it. So uh, that's how I do things. So learning a playbook, I would say, uh, was maybe uh, a little harder, yeah. a little harder because you have, um, you know, you have time to learn it, but you have to study. Sometimes with dialogue, you get like six, seven, eight, ten pages, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to learn it. Uh, when I was on Young and the Restless, you know, sometimes you would get, you know, stuff emailed to you the night before and you already learned 22 pages or 15 pages and you got to learn 10 more pages with big dialogue. So you just got to do it. And thanks. Thanks for learning playbooks and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) You know, I can, I can retain that information and, you know, go to work and do it. And you still have time to work it out. I mean, you can drive saying your lines, you know, people, people think you're crazy, but you know, it's like, yeah, you're talking (laughs) to yourself. Yeah. All right. Speaking of lines without giving any spoilers, what's a favorite line that you've said so far this season? It's coming up. Uh, Oh, it's coming up. And I nice. had a I had a conversation with Al the other day and he said, I hope AMC doesn't get cold feet, so we're gonna use an alternate. I'm like, Okay, cool, yeah, but I got the I got the best line coming up. Nice. Oh yeah. Can you share it or do you wanna save it? Uh I'd rather save it. All right. I'd Fair rather enough. save it. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> All right, good. Okay. Uh who wears the Barony fashions better, you or Lewis Tan? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, the gauntlet has been thrown. Oh, Lewis said he did. <laughs> no, I'm oh. sure he would say oh. that. Oh, oh, he, oh, oh, Lewis looks damn good in his in his stuff. But you know what? I look better. You know who, who, <laughs> can, who can pull off a bowler hat and a uh, royal blue long jacket better than me? I no gotta one. say, the bowler hat is a nice touch. No one. You know, my agents. My agents here. She's she's visiting and. Uh, uh, her and Al were talking, our showrunner were, were talking the other day, and he goes, oh, no, he pulls that off really well. And so, <laughs> nice. and I'm like, thank you very much, sir. I, I do. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Giovanni, Giovanni is a genius, our costume designer. He is a genius, and I am honored to wear what he, what he comes up. The new uh, outfit or the new uniform that I'm wearing, it, I love it. The, uh, it there's, another, there's another one that I'm going to wear. There's another nice. one that I'm going to wear for the, okay. yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now, someone else on that set, and I'm not going to name names. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 He asked me to ask you about the time you fell off a chair. Oh! Oh! Oh, that was Friday. Who did you talk to? I, 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 I cannot confirm nor deny uh, any identities. That was Friday. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So, Okay. 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 I'm sure you can figure out who it is. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. 
<laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I was just talking about this. Yes. Okay, so what happened was this. Earlier that day, we're all in the tent, and except for Daniel and Nick, they were still on set. And, and Emily fell asleep, and it was beautiful. She just fell asleep, and she had herself a good three, four-minute power nap, right? And it's raining all day, and I'm like, I'm kind of jealous, right? So we go to set, and so he says, Sherman, you're out of this. And it's after lunch, too. So I'm sitting in the chair. The tent's nice and warm. I have it zipped up. No one's in there. No one. <laughs> no one. I have my phone that I'm talking to you in my hand. And the next thing I know, I'm out and I'm gone. I'm gone. It's beautiful. And I'm thinking, too, I'm like, this is awesome, Sherman. This is really good. This is really, really good. Okay. All right. And it gets deeper and it gets deeper and then it gets deeper. And then I felt myself falling. And I actually said this to myself. I'm like, oh, wow, man, this is a really cool. Is this an air mattress? Right. Wow. <laughs> and as I said that, I said to myself, no, you're falling. <laughs> right. Yeah, I said, no, you're falling. And as soon as I said, I didn't even wake up. I just hit the ground. Bow. Uh. <laughs> knocked over the heater, knocked over a chair. Right. And then uh, the caterers were right next door. And I went, oh, dang. And I heard, hey, you, you, what's, hey, what's going on in there? You know, they were playing around. Oh, I just dropped my water <laughs> as I'm okay. laying on my butt. Oh, man, I got to start keeping stuff to myself. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I did fall out of cheer Friday. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. That, that'll that be between you, me, and, and all of my audience. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A hundred, hundred million people know I fell out of my chair. I fell asleep. And I thought I was in a, I was on an air mattress. That's funny. That's great. <sighs> yeah. I All right. And, uh, mattress. <laughs> last lightning round question, and I'll, I'll erase it if you get it wrong, but okay. what's your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts entertainment? Oh, hands down you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Thank was, you so much. <laughs> was that supposed to be a trick question or what? Come on, man. You got to do better than that. Uh, all right, all right. Well, what's in the pipeline then for you? What What else do you have going on? Uh, I know you got season three coming up, and then yeah. uh, obviously, or not obviously, but maybe season four and beyond. So, what else do you have going on? Yeah, yeah, he'll be back for season four, but uh, you know, just just take some time off and uh, gather myself, and uh, you know, get some sun rays. You know, uh, get yeah. some sun, get back to LA. Uh, I got a couple of things to do around my pad, and uh, that's about it. Just take it easy for a minute, you know. I, I think I deserve a nice little uh, little rest for a minute, you know. Awesome. I think I do. Maybe. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. The rest of us will be looking forward to Season 3 of Into the Badlands. Again, Nathaniel Moon looks like he's going to be an awesome character. Thank you so much for bringing that to us, and thank you for uh, taking some time to talk with me today. Oh, thank you. This I was an amazing it. conversation. I appreciate you reaching out. I really do. I, it was, it's been fun. Anytime, man. So Anytime you want to do it again, let's do it. The 2018 UASC will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theaters Times Square, featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies, we're having a 14-hour action film megathon showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of five daily events. Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity and Action Initiative, celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform, we advocate diversity and inclusion through our International Action Film Festival, Action Expo, and Action Film Awards platform to promote multicultural heroic energy in order to change the dynamic of mainstream media. you to be a part of the action by pre-purchasing a 2018 event pass for yourself or a friend. Master, Sanjay is finished. We can attack the city. Mm. All right, so I may have had just a little bit too much fun recording this episode. Huge thanks to Sherman Augustus for bringing all his enthusiasm and energy to the show. 
He sounds ready for season three of Into the Badlands. I know I am. If you are too, it's hitting the airwaves April 22nd, 2018 on AMC. So tune in for a little bit of dancing by the light of the silvery moon. I'll post links to all of Sherman's socials in the show notes. So drop by there and show him some love. I know he's incredibly appreciative of all his fans. In fact, he posted this in an Into the Badlands Facebook group where he's a member. Quote, thank you so much for the great questions. I will answer all these questions and more during the interview this week, and I am certainly looking forward to it. Warmest regards to all. Stay awesome. Now, speaking of that Facebook group, some big thanks to the fans there, and particularly to Angela Stahoviak, who helped coordinate the questions for Sherman. Thanks, too, to Travis Rankin, Cool Guy Jay James, and Sean Kern, as well as John Kobe, Nana Reyes, and the mystery post that got deleted for some reason. I'm glad I was able to get some fans involved, and like I said, Sherman was more than receptive to hearing from all you guys. As for me, visit me on all the socials as well. Those links are in the show notes too, and a shout out to my global Castaways clan who continue to produce some great shows and deserve a listener five. On Twitter, pull up the hashtag Castaways and check out some of the personalities that make up that little island of misfits. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. On the hands running down the thousand stairs The fatally can now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea they're rolling over the land Yeah the little big soldier is old otherwise wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here David is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster The channel little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick a spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death, yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China Counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin Slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop Balance that won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter Against the walls No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then